Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. I want to remind you about the Membership Marketing Academy. I know a lot of your clubs had some difficult times retaining memberships over this pandemic, and of course, that's for very good reason. And by no fault of your own, you're probably left with a few less members than you had before this all started. Well, you know, it used to be that I could go out and we would do some one-on-one coaching or consulting, and we could go to your club and talk about the issues and develop a strategic plan for membership and marketing. Well, of course, those days are over. And also, seemingly the days of, of me being able to go into your town or city or region and hold an education session, those days are over. So, Again, we've all had to get nimble. What I've decided to do is create the Membership Marketing Academy so you could take my best education, learn from all of the resources that I've been able to put together over the years. And the Membership Marketing Academy is available at privateclubradio.com slash academy for you to take a class and to learn my secrets, my best tools, my best practices on how to build and grow and retain a thriving membership retention now more than ever is right at the top of everyone's mind. And the tips that I'll give you in the Membership Marketing Academy will help you both retain employees and members. So make sure to go to privateclubradio.com slash academy, see if there's a class there that you're interested in, and go ahead and share it with your membership marketing director, your membership committee if you need to do that, or just take the class yourself. Well, my next guest comes all the way from Bowling Green Country Club in Front Royal, Virginia. His name's John Stevenson. He's a ground maintenance equipment operator. He's got 20 years experience in the golf turf management industry, and he's worked everywhere from like exclusive PGA Tour event type courses all the way down to your $10 around uh, munis. So he's got a ton of experience in the industry. John, welcome to Private Club Radio, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Gabe. And the other thing I should say is I was trying to do the math on this, but you and I have known each other, I think, since, let's see, about 2000, uh, not even 2000, geez, 1993. That's when you and I first met. So it's been a, yep. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. It's long like, time. Was it 38 years, 28 <laughs> years or something crazy? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So, so um, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, golfer etiquette. I know... It, it, this is a subject we haven't covered on the show, but I think it's one that's that's really useful for people who are going to be playing at private clubs and for members of private clubs to know. You know, like we're always out there together. You know, you see the guys that are out there, especially early in the morning, mowing the grass and getting the course in shape. Let's talk to us about some of the etiquette that golfers should should be having with the the grounds crew, John. I mean, honestly, it's just you know, I I find it. Like, if, if I'm looking at you, okay, I know that you're hitting the ball, hit the ball. If I'm sitting, if I stop my machine, I'm looking at you, hit the ball. If I get hit, that's my fault. If I'm not looking at you, because we're, we're constantly with our head on a swivel. If we're mowing up around the surrounds, around the green, we're always looking back to make, you know, to see if play is coming. You know, just if, we're, if we acknowledge you, go ahead and hit the ball. If we have it, Wait till we acknowledge you. I mean, I I got hit three times last week. <laughs> you got hit three but, uh, times. Wait, wait a second. Three times last week. Three times how last ma- week. How many times have you been hit in your career? Would you say? Oh my gosh, I couldn't even. I couldn't even count. 
Really? Oh my it gosh. happens all the time. Let's talk about the three last week. Like, what were the circumstances? Oh, okay, so uh, let's see. I was on a surrounds machine. That's mowing up the surrounds around the green, around the bunkers, around the tee boxes. And I was up around the green. I was trying to finish my – I had one more strike, you know, one more pass to make. So I just I acknowledged the golf. I put my finger in there to say, hold on one second. And the guy hit anyway. Of course, he wasn't going to hold on. <laughs> no, he he did not hold on. <laughs> and uh, the ball bounced off my machine, hit me, and then proceeded to go up underneath the mower deck, and he lost the title as Povey. <laughs> oh, that's four dollars down the drain. So, what, what was the guy's reaction, John? Out of curiosity. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't stick around. I, um, I, just gave, I gave him a, a look and shook my head and just drove off to the next hole. He probably had I, his tail between his legs too. Uh, who knows? But I do have, I do have a funny story about a time at Innisbrook when I worked at Innisbrook way back uh, in the early '90s, and uh, I was mowing fairways, and there was a group, and we were kind of piggybacking each other. Um, and they're playing and, uh, I tell you what, this, this guy, he, you know, he had on his, you know, $600 golf shoes, his, you know, $3,000 golf clubs, his $500 golf outfit and a $2 swing. And I mean, this, this guy was going left, going right. So I'm going the fairway and he's about to tee off. And I stopped my machine right in the middle of the fairway. And, uh, He's hollering at me to move, 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 move. And I didn't move. I stayed right there. And uh, he hit, of course, sliced it over into the woods somewhere. And he came up hollering at me, oh, you interfered with my shot, blah, blah, blah. I said, sir, uh, the best and safest place for me on this course when you're hitting the ball is probably in the center of the green or the middle of the fairway. (laughs) Oh, I bet he loved that one. Yeah, he did. He didn't like that too much. Jeez, but, you got to have cojones uh, to do that, John. <laughs> well, let me, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, just pay attention if we acknowledge you. You know, and it's really, it's, it's, it's more of the inexperienced golfers. Yeah. Um, there, there are some other guys that are just impatient and just want to hit. But you know, just if I'm turned and I'm facing you and I see you and uh, and if I get hit, then that's my fault. Right. But if my back is to you, just give us gives us a chance to acknowledge you're there. Yeah, and you guys got to do your job. That's the thing. And I'll tell you what, I, yeah. you, I've i been a part of that golf maintenance group on Facebook, which I know you're in and you're active. I've been mm-hmm. in that group now for two or three years, and it never ceases to amaze me, like, the stuff you guys have to put up with. Never mind getting hit by balls, mm-hmm. but, like, gophers tearing up a course or some oh, sort, yeah. sort of pest coming on or some disease hitting the greens and it's it i have so much, i have such a newfound respect for for what you guys put in and uh, yeah it's tough it's tough you know fighting you know you're you're fighting the the elements and and mother nature uh you know we have you know for instance we had a we, you know we had a windstorm a thunder a real bad thunderstorm come through and you know dropped a branch right in the middle of a green you know and there there's damage there you get get equipment that blows hydraulic hoses. I mean, there's, we, we, we fight tooth and nail, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's not, it's not just, Oh, let's just go mow some grass. It's, you know, it, it really is a challenge. And I mean, I, I, I love it. Uh, I would 
I would rather not, I, I wouldn't do anything else. I mean, I, I love it. There's nothing more satisfying than, than, you know, waiting for somebody to tee off. And then as they walk down from the tee, they say, Hey, the golf course looks great. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we strive for and, and, in the industry. And, and I just, you know, I don't want to do anything else, but you're right. It's, it's, there's, there's anything from mole crickets to skunks that tear your golf course up. And it's, it's, it's a battle, a constant battle. It seems like it can be really a, a thankless job at times, but I, like you mentioned, and again, just being on that group, I really see the passion and the dedication that the folks on the golf maintenance side really have for what they do and the pride they take in their work. What 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 do you think could be done so that um, we can bridge some of the, um, not animosity, but I mean, sometimes I, I got to think that there's golfers that come in and sort of look down on the maintenance crew or they think they're just in the way, like you said. Um, you know, how, how should people change their viewpoint in your opinion, John? I mean, honestly, there's, there's like, like you said, I've been on private clubs. I've been on $10 around clubs. Um, and the, the biggest thing is, you know, realize we have a job to do. Okay. If we just left for a week, that golf course would, would just go to, go to heck. I mean, it would just, it would be ruined, you know, and, and realize that we have a job to do and we watch, you know, we walk off. Obviously if there's no golfers, we got no job. Um, so it's just a lot of times, you know, in private clubs, especially members seem to, you know, I guess I could say this because I'm not a superintendent, but <laughs> members seem to have a, a turf management degree and, and know what's best, you know. And sure. a lot of times it's just, you know, trust trust the superintendent, you know. Yeah. He was hired for a reason. And, you know, if he says something, you know, uh, you, you got to listen. I mean, uh, I've never been on a golf course where I've had, you know, a superintendent that didn't know what he was doing. I mean, they're, right. you know, they go to school for four, six years. Um, they, they, you know, they know what they're doing and, you know, it's just respect his job. And then they realize, you know, what, especially, well, you know, especially on the courses that don't have a big budget, like my course, the course I work at is it's a smaller family owned course, not a big budget, like say, Innisbroke, or I'm trying to think of courses in your area that you know, Bardmore. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have that kind of budget, right? Um, and you know, that superintendent is doing what he's doing with nothing. You know, uh, you know, he's he's out there scratching his head, and, it, and it's even even up here in Virginia. So it, I think is a is a little more difficult because you know we're in the Mid Atlantic transition zone where we're a little too, we're too, you know, cold for warm season grasses, too warm for cool season grasses. And, you know, it's, it's a constant battle pretty much, you know, in the afternoons coming up in the next couple of weeks, you know, I'm just going to be a human irrigation head. I'm going to be running green <laughs> to green, you know, cooling them down and, and keeping them, keeping them moist. Cause you know, they're just going to burn up if you don't do it. And, the, what is the craziest thing that you've seen happen or like what what was the the biggest challenge that you've had in these 20 plus years? I would say I, the 
I, I don't know the biggest challenge. The, one of the greatest things was when I worked at Bardmore. I don't remember if you remember when I worked there or not. Um, at Bayou Club right there in Largo, Florida, when we did the reconstruction with uh, Gary Cope came in and, and did the architect. Uh, was the architect for the reconstruction of Bardmore. God, that was uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, probably early 2000s, probably. Yeah, or or like right around 2000. So that was, it was a challenge because I was still, you know, I was still green and I I mean, I learned so much. You know, we built, we redid every single green, every single approach, couple fairways. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. I think, I think the biggest challenge though is for me was coming from Florida to up here, you know, cause down, down there it's year round up here. It's, it's seasonal and, and trying to find projects to do in the winter time. And, mm-hmm. you know, basically, you know, that, that to me was the biggest challenge is, is moving from Florida to up here right. and, and learning cause this, this, the grass up here, this cool season grasses, we have the thick grass and the, and the bluegrass, I mean, you look at it wrong and it dies. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not like Bermuda where you can <clears throat> you can pretty much torch it and it'll come back stronger, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a challenge. Any golf course is a challenge. And, and Florida has its challenges, too, because, uh, we, you know, they – they deal with disease down there that we don't dis- sure. deal with, you know, with the humidity, with, you know, the different fungus that can come in and, and, and destroy a, a golf course is, yeah. you know, or hurricane blows by and takes down 200 yeah. trees. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, we were debris pick up, you know, for the last couple of days when we had thunderstorms come through and, you know, we had a nice size tree punch a hole right in the green, you know, and yeah. it's, it's <laughs> just, you know, well, like I said, I've, I've just been on that group, just watch, seeing the pictures and hearing the stories. I'd recommend any manager in the private club industry go join that. It's called Golf Maintenance, right? Is that what it's called, John, on golf Facebook? Course, golf, golf Course, course maintenance. maintenance. Just type that into Facebook. Join that group because, you know, if and maybe share some of the stories on there with your members because I think if people see, like, what these guys have to go through on a daily basis – just like myself, there's a newfound respect that happens. Another suggestion that I would I would have, and I don't know if you've if you've ever seen a course do it, John, but I'd love to see the members get together with the grounds crew. I mean, again, I think so often, uh, you know, there's member interaction with the wait staff and and in the in the people that work in the in the golf operation side, but very wow. rarely have I ever seen a club, you know, where the, where there's actually one on one interaction with the with the members and the maintenance crew. But I think that would again give people sort of, you know, share a bond, you know, realize that these people are people, John, people like John, you're a golfer, right? You were out golfing last week, yep. you know, um, there's a lot in common to be had. I think that, uh, I think it would be, it would behoove clubs to get together. Have you ever seen a club do that, John? Um, I have, um, a lot of times, you know, obviously your private clubs will have a greens committee yep. and, you know, they, they will meet with the, Super on, on a you know on a regular basis. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like the general does, membership, you know. Yeah, no, no, and I, not I have not seen, but that 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 is a great idea. I'd love um, to see that happen. You know, it, I mean, a lot of times, like just a story. Uh, you know, I a member came to the shop one time. Uh, 
This is actually when I worked at Bartmore and Largo, and, and that was a semi-private. Bayou Club was next to it. It was private. Um, and a member came out to the shop, and I cut the pins that morning. And his, this guy was the guy. He was first out every day. I mean, he played every day. Kind of a pain in the butt because he played by himself, and he would always catch the greens mowers. Sure. You know, and um, he came down, and he was all upset about how easy the pin placement was on the greens. <laughs> really? <He> said, <laughs> how easy they were? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's like, you know, you guys really need to take your time and make these pin placements a little. He's like, who cut these cuts? I was like, sir, I cut the cuts every morning. And uh, I said, I guarantee you, never come back down here again and say that. I cut the cups the next morning, boy, I tucked it behind. If there was a bunker, it was going, if there was a break, I, I, you know, it's got to be a flag stick length off the off the collar. I just run it. The tip of the <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't hear from that guy again. That's funny, man. <laughs> that is funny. But I'd love to see that, see that, share that combine. I would love to see, honestly, how cool would it be if, like, the members – you know, had had a little cocktail hour type thing at maybe dusk with the, with you guys, walk the course, kind of yeah. get, you know, get some one-on-one um, info, inside information. I think that would probably make your jobs a lot easier because, again, they would see kind of what you guys do, what the thought process that goes into what you guys do. Anyways, maybe we'll right. start a trend here, John, and that'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would. I, and I know there one court, one part of the course I worked at, like, most private courses will have a member guest, which is like their biggest tournament of the year. And I know one course through that, you know, the member guest is a whole week long tournament. And one of the nights they had the, the, the grounds crew come, you know, come and cool. honor them and That's stuff. Awesome. So, you, you know, there are courses that do it. More courses probably should, yep. uh, I think. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, we, listen, we do what we do because we love to do it. Very rarely will you find somebody in a golf course maintenance shop that's there just for a paycheck. Right. Most, most of the guys do it because they love to do it. And and a lot of them, like all the where I work, everybody in the shop plays golf. So they do it for the love of the game too, you know? That's and, awesome. Uh, I, although although I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at golf, I love playing it. It's so those four or five shots you make out there where you make a real good golf shot, they bring you back, right? <laughs> I was hacking it up the other day, and, and I managed to, like, chip in on 18. And, of course, you know, that's always wants you to, makes you want to come back right away, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. There's always exactly. that one shot. Johnny, I appreciate it, yeah. man. It was great to chat with you. Uh, I hope uh, we gave people a little bit more perspective on what's going on out there. And I hope you have a wonderful season up there in Virginia, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you're in the Northern Virginia area, Bowling Green Country Club, uh, Front Row, Virginia, it's a hidden gem in the Shenandoah Valley. You'll love it. Come, come, come play our track. You'll love it. Careful what you wish for, John. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Take it easy. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.